Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. Joshua Shaw. I, you know, it's been so, a couple weeks for us, I think, since we've been here, and, and we're back. A um, couple observations. With COVID, obviously, there are certain things and certain businesses that are considered non-essential, like um, salons, for instance. But your hair, yeah. I mean, coming through your hat, actually, yeah. it does look pretty long. Take the hat off. Show. The, I mean, no. Did you buzz it? I buzzed it, bro. I know. This is like I'm going into the Hunger Games here. Hold like on a I second. Have... You had a comb over. Yeah. That's not, that's, I had this that's, point I mean, where – So not yeah, only is COVID taking money out of people's pockets, it's now stripping you of your beauty. I know. I know. I've had that haircut probably – since um most of my adulthood since college but i went back to the college buzz cut look here because i have this thing about my hair kind of touching my ears like on the side it just like annoys me and i got to the point where it was happening for a little bit of time and i said no more this is not going to happen so i joined the quarantine haircuts i bought myself some buzz uh clippers and uh just went to town one night so you cut it yourself you didn't make the girlfriend do it no, she she uh she wanted to kind of give me one of those like crazy uh you know kind of blend and, and do it all. She she was watching some YouTube videos, but literally I was seeing so many people with like horrible haircuts that I was like, man, I I just you know I trust you in a lot of things, but this <laughs> could be something that would be you know I'd have to like skin it. And at my age, at thirty five now, like I might just never grow hair again, and, and like I can't risk that. I mean, good, good, good point. Obviously, if yeah. you go hairless for sure. I mean, it's uh, crazy. T- I mean, it seems like we've been talking about this for a long time, man. I mean, initially it was like, okay, this is just like a fad. It's gonna, it's gonna pass, and it hasn't passed, and now we're in to mid-May at this point. I think we started talking about this in what was it March? Is that kind of when everything started? I, I mean, even for us, I think it was a little bit before that because we were talking around the trade shows. Um, so probably about around end of February, mm-hmm. um, for us. So like. I mean, this is, yeah, I don't even remember a time before this at this point. Um, It's just weird, like just little things in our lives, um, you know, probably have stayed the same, but also like completely changed. I was thinking about this earlier that probably in the last maybe nine or 10 years, this has been the longest period of time, like singularly that I haven't left my home in the sense of um, like not traveling, not going to a client, not going on vacation, not going somewhere, like not being on a plane this last um, let's see at this point, it's, it's, uh, first part of March was the last flight I took when I was going from LA back home. I mean, that two months is, is the longest time that I've spent, um, without a flight. So I'm getting a little bit stir crazy, which is, sounds like a first world problem for comparableness yeah. to like a lot of other people's problems. But like, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I, I feel like I'm always in planes and I ha- have not been in one in so long. And, and I've read some, horror stories from people um, sharing some of the things that they've taken flights lately and, and how uh, people are not very happy to be on those flights uh, because they are kind of jammed in close and they're not having that middle seat open like a lot of the airlines have said and, you know, whatever. And people are kind of, you know, getting a little bit frustrated over that whole experience. Um, so I'm not necessarily all that excited about getting back on a plane because of all these people that are going to ruin my my fun and excitement to get back in the air. But, you know, just a little problem. Fun suckers at the airport. A lot of fun, fun suckers, suckers at the airport. Fun suckers, I know. Fun suckers. A lot of people are probably like, Where, what, where'd you guys go? What, what's going on? I mean, uh, Josh and I, you know, 
all things considered, we're still staying extremely busy. I know yeah. I have not slept a whole hell of a lot in the last four weeks. You are out there grinding, still doing right. Like we've talked about this on previous episodes. I think now is a time if you're a brand within this space or in the functional food space would be the time they pick up the phone and call you because I see a lot of brands kind of just sitting back and waiting. Hopefully they collect their PPP loan and, and make that do. And that to me, it's unacceptable. I feel like, and I'll say this now, if you're a brand listening out there and you haven't done anything in the last six weeks and you're just kind of waiting, like shame on you. I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than like that. I mean, you should be disappointed in yourself because I think this is a prime opportunity for people to, to, to really evaluate their business and take a step back and say, who are we? Like we've talked about this numerous times on this podcast, how many brands don't even, don't, they lack identity. They think yeah. they're something when they're not, or, you know, they, they let a, a couple influencers on social media or people who are allowed us on social media dictate. And, um, you know, obviously put the label on them as who they are as a business and they run with it. That's not the, the voice of the, the mass population. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who have pivoted that we know um, that have done some different things, which is cool. But I think overwhelmingly, like most people are still kind of just chilling, hanging out or they're they're getting by. And um, even if you're one of those brands who are just sitting back and getting by, I think you still have time to self-reflect and figure out, like, is this who you want to be? Especially when we come out of this and we get back to full steam ahead and people are back at the gyms and doing their things. Do you want to operate the same exact way as you've been operating or is there an opportunity now for you to do something different? And I'm sure that you've had conversations with brands about this. Um, but I'm curious, like, what is it that you're, you've thought about in the last six weeks in terms of, like, your business? Because for those who don't know, Josh offers consulting services to not just our industry, but uh, the CPG industry as a whole. You know, he goes in, he kind of opens the books and looks at their structure and figures out, like, basically doing, like, a SWOT analysis, I would assume, is something very similar to it, like strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and just, like, or new product launches or new brand launches. A lot of people lean on you and your expertise. Like, is that is that what you what you're going to continue to do coming out of this, or have you thought of some new things and some unique things that you're going to provide? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think that um, the for everybody to assume that you can go back to just doing the same things uh, pre-COVID that you can do after COVID, I think is just going to be um, wrong, the wrong approach to do it because I think that there's fundamentally going to be differences in people's lives, and they're going to expect you to act Right. Uh, differently as well. And for me, as you said, I mean, I've had um, way more work than I could even handle. Um, I have really taken that, um, I've shouldered a lot of burden and in the sense of like, I want to be able to help more. Like, I'm one of those people that like, I hate being on the phone with somebody and, and then you could tell like the desperation in their, in their voice and you go, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to help you right now. I, I don't have the ability and, and I don't know if there's a path that can help you as, as quick as you need it to be done. And you try to just give them some tips and pointers and, and whatever. But I think it's, I've taken a lot of that to heart just because um, I try to put myself in people's shoes. I try to think if this was my business and this was my baby and I've spent 12 years building this, like, yeah, well, what, how would I feel? And, and I try to put myself in that position because I think that's important for somebody that's going to give any advisory is to be able to like actually feel what that person's feeling, which is probably not good from like a mental health perspective because I've had right. such a roller coaster up and down. Um, but I think for me, I mean, for just looking at um, my business, I know I have um, at least from like the forward facing, customer facing stuff that people see, the stuff that I do. Um, I have tried to flip and focus more on shorter term um, things, you know, still the 
um, you know, still the, the positive, um, you know, really looking at your business and making sure it's positioned correctly for the, for the market, but not necessarily thinking out, you know, 12 months or, or 18 months and really trying to think, okay, what is available in the next three months or month and a half? Because I think there's so much volatility. So my messaging to people, and I think a lot of the lenses or the optics in terms of how I look at things, I've looked at them a lot closer from a short-term perspective. So I don't know if it's like a new product or a new th thing, but I think a lot of my clients would say like, you're, you're looking at things from a much closer perspective and saying, Hey, do we have the speed and agility to uh, take advantage of something within the next three to six months of this kind of COVID type period, uh, be able to ramp that up and create some cash and then have that in the reserves for some other things. So I've tried my best to kind of like, gear back a lot of my strategic thinking and, and more towards like short-term tactical and like kind of really quick volatile opportunity type of looking at it. But I think a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, I, I have been barking the same stuff for the last seven and a half years. So a lot of it has come full circle that it's become very important. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about with, you know, stress testing and, and risk exposure, looking at downsides, looking at the full picture of, of things starts to become more important when everybody only looks at the positives. They're only looking right. at, man, sales growth and we're crushing it. You know, they never think something could flip on a dime and they need to have reserves. They need to have the, a lot of those things. So that kind of stuff has really been, um, probably more prominent, um, in my kind of speaking with clients and working with clients is, is really addressing some of the stuff that I've always kind of put in there, but they've not, maybe not noticed or not really, you know, thought to themselves that it was all that important. But yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting time period just for my business, um, just with the people coming and, and looking to me for answers, which I, I totally appreciate. I love that anybody would trust me with a small uh, sliver of their business and, and, you know, have their ear open to me, you know, looking into their business and, and trying to help them through. Uh, but it's also been, you know, a very eye-opening experience uh, for me because it's the first I guess, you know, recessionary period that we've went through outside of when we first got out of college. And I think we've talked about that on so many episodes that, you know, when we were getting out of college, it was kind of the great recession, the shitty time. And we were just trying to survive. We were just, we weren't really thinking about like, we weren't at the period of helping people. We weren't at the period of like, uh, influence where people were looking at us and saying, Oh, you know, what would you guys do at that time? We were just peons trying to get a job. Mm -hmm. So this period has been a lot different for me, but that's, on my side, I think on your side has been a little bit unique because you have something that is extremely forward facing that people have been able to watch yeah. um, how quick things are going. Um, I know that I've appreciated a lot of uh, seeing that stuff happen because that's the ride that I, I, I get to be on a lot with clients in, in seeing it from, you know, friend to friend thing and you, you know, sending some updates and, and things like that. I get to see it. It's exciting because I, I see your eyes lighting up all the time when you're talking about uh, fit butters. It's just nuts to me, man, because like, you know, we talk about, we always talk about other people's brands all the time and, and how they perform and whether they're performing well or underperforming or even now, like we started this conversation with what brands have been doing or what they've not been doing. And, um, you know, it's cool for me to be able to be at the forefront of actually running a, a brand with a tangible product versus FI, you know, it doesn't have a tangible product, but here I'm actually producing something, a food product, which, Anybody who knows anything about food, you do. Um, there's a lot of rules and regulations that you need to follow. Even like when you're a small brand like we are, we still elect to follow them because the last thing you want to do is just do something wrong or, you know, God forbid, somebody gets sick from what you make. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that 
I've learned from doing this. We've, um, you know, we produce product twice a week in, in a facility that's a little ways from here, and then we, we spend a day shipping because we're shipping out 100-plus orders a week, um, and then retailers calling. So it's humbling for sure, but I, I show it for two reasons. One, A, anybody who knows me, including you, knows that I'm a very transparent individual. Like, I will show everybody everything on Fitness Informant. I elected to do the same thing on Fitbuggers. We'll take the foam with us on production day so people can see, like, their actual jars being made, and they know what we use in it. Um, some people might think it's gloating or, or cockiness, and that's not at all the case. I just want people to know, like, this is what really what it takes that you have to go through in order to be successful, because a lot of people will, you know, maybe do a, a talk after the fact and talk about the things that they went through, but there's no visual evidence of that stuff so it's like i'm gonna show it i think it's cool and it's been good for us because you know retailers look at that they appreciate it they want to support a small business but they also appreciate that we're not at a you know we're not at a, a co-packer we're doing everything ourselves we're, we're you know we're putting the labels on each jar ourselves, which hopefully that changes soon but you know filling each jar uh, to the point where we're five weeks in man and we are um you know securing a three thousand square foot facility to do our own production and warehousing um which is which is awesome it's exciting for me to be able to do that because I don't know, maybe it's a little geeky, but the, the moment our sign goes up on that building that it's ours, it's going to be kind of cool, right? Like, you walk up yeah. to it, and, and it's like, okay, this is cool. And even the image that I posted, anybody who follows me on social, uh, we posted, I, I put together basically like an architectural layout of the building. I, I, took this, I stripped the stuff out, and uh, looking at that, it's like, okay, now I'm visualizing what that conference room is going to look like. And, but at the same time, it's like, how did I get here, man? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, th there's this pandemic thing. You know, I, I was running Fitness Informant, still running Fitness Informant, launched this thing fully anticipated doing everything out of food processors doing like 100 jars a week you know we've shipped out over 3,000 jars already in five weeks and it's just like okay um you know we're in almost 50 50 retail locations and uh what's cool is like you get the reaffirmation from people that's the, i think that's the coolest thing that i've been doing is because people are posting on social media retailers are posting on social media that they absolutely love it and um that just means that we did something right in terms of the flavor profile but that's just one piece of it right there's so much that you have to and you you talk about brands talk to brands all the time about the branding, the marketing, the positioning, your competitive advantage, your point of differentiation. And for me, it's been pretty easy because when a retailer gets that and they see the sticker on top, they're like, okay, this is different already. Then they open it up and they try the product and it's like, yep, this is definitely different already. Um, you know, to the point where we got people from Nuts and More reaching out to us and wanting to have conversations. And it's like, you know, now we're good. We're good. Um, you know, I like, I like what we're doing. Um, I like the authenticity that we're injecting into this brand. I love, you know, that we that we respond to everybody who comments or leaves a review of any review that comes on the website. That's a three star or less. I personally reach out and ask them what was wrong with it. You know, it's just little things that, that I'm going to do, uh, that I don't think a lot of people will do, or they think maybe they're too good to do it. And at the end of the day, like those are your customers. They're, they're the, the heartbeat of your organization. If you can't please them, then you're not going to be pleasing your, your checkbook or yourselves and you're going to be out. So, you know, during this whole situation, I, I keep thinking about this too, Josh. It's like, okay, we're doing this well. And granted, launches you have to take with a grain of salt because a lot of launches go really yeah. well okay it's it's about sustainability and longevity and reorders and we've had retailers reorder we've had consumers reorder up to six times already in six weeks i mean they're addicted um i just got a text from steve at natural body they're doing a reorder now already and natural body for those listening is a, is a massive chain of supplement stores out in new york so i mean that's a good thing um you know just meaning that it's working so if the the launch has proven that this works and it's a you know a longevity product project it's it's pretty cool um, and it's like, okay, this is, we're doing this well during the pandemic where people are trying to penny pinch. What happens when this is done? What happens when supplement stores are actually starting to bring in more brands and more product? People want to spend 15 bucks a tub. I keep thinking, it's like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is going to be bigger than I thought it was going to be. And, and it probably will. Um, but I just, for me, it's like trying to stay humble and try to make time for everything. Like I, I want to make time for this podcast and be here. Cause I think it's a good, 
it's a good avenue for me to vet and talk about things other than peanut butter. <laughs> um, you know, obviously <laughs> we're talking about it now, but like, you know, we, we talk about, and I, I was telling Danielle, who's on the, the Fit Bars line, I go, I want to continue to do the Josh episode, the, the podcast with Josh, because we talk about so many business topics that are relevant to what we're doing. So Josh is a plethora, has a, has a plethora of experience and knowledge. I try to share what I know. Um, but, you know, maybe Josh, you say something in conversation I didn't think of before. And now I'm back, you know, now when we're off the podcast, I sit there and it's like, okay, Josh brought up a good point. Maybe I should look at this, this, and that. Um, so, you know, for me, this is a nice little way to stay sharp. And, but at the end of the day, um, the last five weeks of my life has really been like going back to MBA school and really talking yeah. more about business. It's not just, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a supplement company. That is the furthest thing. With I'm a food company. And it's, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to, like now, like sourcing and logistics and the entire supply chain and shipping and taxes. It's just you learn stuff quick because you're forced to. So um, it's been awesome. It's been fun. It's been a cool ride. And uh, at some point, I'll get some sleep again. But until then, I'm going to keep grinding and doing my thing. And I got to get you some out because I guarantee um, if you're worried about hair loss, I'm, this is a straight anabolic booster. It's better than trend. So I think if you take it, you're just going to you're going to walk around with an afro, a full fledged beard, and uh, you're going to look like fucking Superman, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's like your new uh, tagline. Yeah. Look yeah, like fucking <laughs> Superman, comma, dude. Just roll with it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's important for, I think, both of us to explain. Maybe we took a break for um, a reason. I think both of us were, you know, stressed out from um, the stuff that we were doing. And we also um, have always been busy. And I think we've we've carved out, you know, a consistent 52 weeks straight of a year straight of, mm -hmm. of putting these out. And both of us looked at each other and said, like, you know, we're overly stressed right now. Um, what do, do we want to do this or not? And I think that, you know, through some conversations, then it was like, yeah, both of us have reasons why we enjoy taking the time out of our week. Even right. if it's a small period of time, we take a small break and we go, we're going to talk about stuff that's just more casual. Because I tend to talk about a lot of this stuff in one um, case or another, but it it's very technical and, and, and professional and very much like because people are paying me money to, to, to give them these, you know, things. So it's not necessarily that I get to bullshit with people about mm -hmm. casually about some of these subjects. And, and a lot of times we talk about things that um, are ancillary or a little bit outside of what I tend to talk about in content or, or anything like that. So for me, it's, it's a kind of a, a venting as well. And also just a way to um, round out a lot of the stuff that um, I, I enjoy doing. I, I think that we're both passionate about this stuff. Um, and I think it's kind of therapeutic in a way mm -hmm. just to like have that go back and forth. So it's exciting to kind of get back into this. I know that we didn't have a particular topic um, this week because we just wanted to just kind of catch up. So it's for us, it's been a month since we've done one of these because we we tend to get a little bit ahead um, for our schedule purposes just in case we have to travel, which right now we don't. But, mm. you know, sometimes you're doing some things project wise on my side. I'm doing some things like that. You just can't make time uh, during that week. So we like to get a little bit ahead. But um, you, you mentioned something, Josh, like some yeah. of the topics that we talk about were, you know, our ancillary or like outside the box of what you normally talk about. That's how this was for me for the longest time. Like we were talking about wholesale pricing and exporting. And um, now that's my life. Right. It's like a lot of the stuff that we talked about for the last 52 weeks. Yes, I've had some knowledge on it, um, but I was still, you know, a, a, 
a media company, I guess, right? So, like, I understood how wholesale works. I understand price sloping. I understand all that stuff. But now I live and breathe in, in, every single day with retailers. And, you know, look, and it's funny because I, I sit and think about some of the stuff that brand owners get pissed off about. And, and what, for example, I'll talk about now. Um, retailers carrying my product, selling it online. A lot of people will tell retailers, like, you're not allowed to sell online. You have to sell in the store only because I want to be the only online platform. Okay, that's your prerogative. My take on it is I don't give a shit. Sell it online. The more you sell, the more I sell. So, like, let's help each other out. Like, yes, I like the D2C margins. They're great. But if you're going to sell a bunch and your reorder rate is every two weeks, that's guaranteed income. I mean, if you're paying that invoice via credit card at whatever our wholesale price is, I don't care. And, um, you know, it's just it's funny for me to sit here and think, like, okay, well, so-and-so got upset about it. I'm not upset about it. Why were they upset about it? And just, like, kind of put yourself through the ringer. And, you know, people listening to this might be like, well, you shouldn't let people sell your stuff online. I, don't, I just want people to have this product, man. Any any sort of like ability and access to my product is what I want. Whether it's through me, through Natural Body, through um, you know Nutrition Factory in Tennessee, whoever it is. Like, if you want to sell online, knock yourself out. I don't care. It's your product. You've paid me what you what you had owed. Just respect Map is the only thing I ask, and they do. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it's just more comical for me just to think about things that brand owners have gotten upset about in the past, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, just roll with it, you know, and. Will it bite me in the ass? I don't think so. I think that we're working pretty well, and I think that, you know, for that that particular situation, that is the, the ultimate support of that brick-and-mortar store. Like, it's their product. Let them go. And in fact, like, if you're running a good sale, I might even send an email blast to my customers saying, go support Natural Body or go support whoever they're running a sale. Uh, I know Ghost does that all the time with GNC. When GNC does a, you know, buy 150, they send people right there because they want to support their partners. And maybe that's where I got that from, you know, from Dan and Ryan, and I kind of took a lot of influence from those guys and, and Aaron over at Redcon, but it's just and Mark at Nutribio, a lot of the brands that were with Doug down at Core, there's a, they do a lot of cool things, and I'm trying to do things how I seem fit, feel fit, and um, it's just unique now to think about the last 52 weeks of our podcast, some of the topics that we talked about that I'm applying to my every single day work life, running two brands right now, which is fucking ridiculous, but it's, you know, I do, I do what I can um, to stay on top of both the brands, which has been, I mean, a lot of people dream about owning one business in their life or being their own boss, I mean, let alone two, um, and, and yes, I will say there are a lot of brand owners out there who have, like, a portfolio of brands, right? Like seven yeah. brands. At the end of the day, those brands are very similar. Um, you know, they're they're the same formulas, different labels. My brands are connected but disconnected because they operate completely different. Yeah, there's a, I guess, um, model that you did was, uh, and we talked about it, I think, before, but there's been a lot of um, entrepreneurs that have, you know, built up a, a following mm-hmm. essentially through some aspect of a media company, uh, be that like just a blog or in your case, you know, multiple outlets of, of different mediums of communication. But like there has uh, been, you know, one of those things where you, you start to, um, people start to trust you. People start to obviously, um, be a part of your life. They get connected, you know, whatever that is. And then eventually you, you find some passion that you're really into and you want to launch a product off of that. And then that's usually a really good, launching pad because at that point you do have the ear of a lot of people and you can go, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. I mean, I don't need you to buy this, um, being a follower on, on fitness informant, but Hey, you know me. And, and if you like these products, try them out. I, I, I stand behind them. If you, if, if you've loved my core values over here, it's the same core values over here. Everything's going to be good. And if it's not good, I'll stand by that and fix it and, and make it right for you. And I think that that is a really good kind of uh, bridge between, even though they're very um, different, um, it's 
creating a business out of something you would have had to do anyways, um, create that level of influence. And I think that that is um, something that is going to be a trend going forward, both from like an individual purpose and from even just like big media companies coming out with product extensions. So you see a lot of stuff like Barstool Sports or, you know, BuzzFeed or, you know, things that they've, they've created, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of revenue outside of, um, their just, you know, Mm -hmm. advertising revenue, um, or things that they get through, um, their core business. And I think that that is a, a really good model. You know, I know we're just kind of like freestyling right now, but I think it's one of those things where, you tend to, regardless of the period of economic kind of condition, if it's recessions or, or really good, um, you tend to still uh, follow people. You still tend to communicate. You have this kind of connection with people, and that helps you bridge through like some of the things where you're going to have to deal with. You know, is somebody going to trade down? They're not going to really trade down as much from you to GIF because they know you. They don't know. Um, uh, Schmucker or, you know, whoever owns Jeff, right. I think at this point, but like, you know, they don't know those people. So like, they're going to be like, it's a dollar, $3 more. Eh, you know what? I'm just going to go with Ryan. Cause I know Ryan and I want to support Ryan. So like, there's that aspect of like the localized, um, commerce, um, or just like influencer led or just, you know, media, um, conglomerate type of a, a led business where you have a connection somehow that guards you against some of the things that could happen. So like you said, I mean, you're just, you're doing well even in this time, which is probably going to extend out for a little bit of time. And then when it starts to move again in a positive manner, you, you likely are going to get more trial because there's going to be more people that are going to jump on that have a little extra money and go, Oh yeah, I'd love to try, you know, what Ryan said, I haven't had the, the ability before, but now I do because now I'm back working or, you know, whatever reason. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay. Um, and that's why when we talked about, you know, episode before our break is like, this uh, this time period is kind of an opportunity like to see something or do something different or take advantage of stuff and for us it's like okay there's also you know when we looked at kitchen space now is the time to do it because literally the kitchen space that we got yeah. was from a business that went out of business because of COVID-19 and they left everything all the equipment that's ours now like I get it and, and whether or not we want to keep it or sell it or whatever like that was something that we got the lease leasing I mean warehousing and retail space isn't necessarily decreasing in terms of price per square foot but I mean there's more availability of places that might fit what you're looking for. And for instance, for us, you know, if we didn't already get a place that had a pre-existing kitchen, we would have invested 50K on building yep. a kitchen out. Don't have to do that now. You know, that's a big cost savings that we can reinvest into the business and put into inventory or whatever it might be. Um, but, I, you know, I'm excited about it. It should be fun. It's It's been cool to put my sales hat back on, too, because I haven't had to really, like, I mean, obviously we do a little bit of sales through FI, but <clears throat> it's more or less like, you know, people are coming to us and, one of the coolest things too is like a retail store reached out to me and said we had customers coming into our store asking for your products. Like already, like what? Okay, yeah. and, I, and I haven't done any paid marketing, so I can only imagine when I actually do what I do for a living and do some marketing on this thing, what could happen? But um, yeah, I, I mean, we obviously have been staying busy. You know, when we look at the the grand scheme of things in terms of the landscape of of our industry, um, I think we both can say that yes, it is struggling. I think you know, for instance, a, a case in point is like look at Aaron Sigerman over at Redcon One. He had made a public post saying like, you know, obviously they had huge plans for this year, um, and they've finished well below projections. And I think that's normal for anybody. Um, but it's just you know, it, it's it's weird to see the world basically stop. And um, but now I think you know we're X amount of time into it. Now we're seeing sort of that changing of the guard. People are tired of it. People are sick of sitting at home and their business owners are tired of not making money and 
Um, you know, I don't know if you know him personally, but he's friends with Aaron Sigerman. But Lou, who owns Metroflex out in Oceanside, California, reopened his gym last week, got arrested, put in jail. And now he's on the national news. And, you know, they're planning on just doing it because he's a business owner. So that, that part to me has been super interesting that these small business owners now are like taking back their lives because they have to. They have to pay bills. And they're just electing to open the doors and do what they and, and try to earn an income. Um, you know, as we as we wrap up this podcast and like I said, we've been kind of spitballing. I do want to get your thoughts on that and like. In, in if you're in a gym owner's shoes or um, you know a restaurant or whatever it might be that's not not considered a, a non an essential business because you're not doing takeout and delivery like would you flip your lights back on and say fuck it? Yeah, I mean, I think if the economic like like if the break evens and things work out, like I think there's there's a point of sometimes when you turn the lights on like as a restaurant or something like that, you are adding a ton more cost to maybe potentially not get all that much business. So it's it's a, I guess a moral thing, but there's also the financial business perspective that you have to think about. So like if I could cross that out of my mind, cause I am a business person, right. I would definitely, um, open up. I, I just, I don't like, uh, any liberties getting taken away. And I think mm-hmm. that this has been something where, um, Americans should have the choice to, um, decide, uh, their lives. If they want to go out, they can go out. If they don't want to go out and, and operate as normal, then they, they don't have to. I mean, I think that it's should be left up to the person to act appropriately. I think as adults, we can all make the right decisions for our, our day-to-day lives. I think that we have not been given that opportunity these last so many weeks. And I have um, talking to a mutual friend of ours, Mark Lubliner, that's been pretty public about his thoughts. And, and I've um, expressed my share of them on Facebook and, and different things like that. And I have been extremely pro, um, you know, activity during this whole time. I, I didn't honestly think we should have shut down at all right. since the start of it. I, I just, that's my personal opinion. I know that's going to upset some people, but I just personally think that we should have just kept going and, and instituted, um, certain kind of things like, you know, if you want to go out, maybe you do some social distancing things, maybe you, you, you wear face coverings. You could, you could decide those things, but I think it's, you put those in place, but you don't restrict everybody from going out and, and just basically collapsing uh, almost the whole economy to do so. So I have been, um, I've watched that particular uh, gym owner. Um, I, I don't know him personally, but I did watch um, some of that stuff unfold. Uh, I think that's great. Um, I've also liked to watch like Elon Musk um, kind of really go against the California government and say like, I'm opening up Tesla. I'm going to be on the production line. If you don't like it, you can come and arrest me there. Um, good luck. Uh, basically. So I like, think a lot of people at this point are saying, this is too far. We, we've went way too far now. Um, and it's, it's just upsetting to me because as a, somebody that has definitely a confirmation bias towards like the economic side of things, I, I've seen this been coming for months. So I, I already knew this was happening and, and you could see the hurt. Uh, but I think most people don't really think about that side of it. They're only thinking about it from right in front of my face. You know, the news is telling me that X people are dying, X people are getting sick. That's all I have to worry about. And I think that that's been clouding them from what's actually like the real pain that could happen, which I think is now starting to come up, come down. And I think it's going to continue to come down for the next maybe three to six months um, of just things flushing out in the system. And you're going to start to see different, you know, parts of the business, parts of the economy kind of break down. And, you know, you know, things are just going to look different. Things are going to be extremely different. And I think it's, you know, I feel bad for the uh, going back to some of those original statements around like some of the owners that have, have talked to me on the phone and I could see the desperation. It's like, I, you feel for it because I mean, like, 
a lot of them are are put into a position, regardless if their business was run soundly or not, the rug got pulled out from under them. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's unfortunate that they had to lose everything mm-hmm. uh, because of um, some type of, uh, you know, states uh, deciding uh, the fate that you're no longer allowed to, to, to operate your business. I think it's just unfortunate that, you know, that this has all become some weird like political um, balancing act or, or whatever, where people are trying to create power and they're trying to create, um, you know, in, an outcome that's going to you know, be in November. I think people are just making this out to be something that's a lot more than just, uh, you know, health, public health perspective. Yeah. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.